Welcome to Storytime with Michael Kingswood. I'm Michael Kingswood, a retired submarine officer. I'm also a private pilot, martial artist, engineer, and a lifelong fan of science fiction and fantasy. I've written and published dozens of stories across the entire spectrum of speculative fiction. So sit back, let your mind wander through realms of adventure as I tell you a story. Hey friends, Michael Kingswood. A little late this week, just because, uh, well, stuff. Been doing a lot of writing this last month, uh, getting ready for a workshop I'm going to on the coast in Oregon. And I uh, have to do a yeah, short story a week for the last month and a half. And now I get to read 240 stories by the time I go there at the end of February, because that's how the workshop works. You submit stories, and the editor's there, and they tell you how they like it or not, and which ones they're going to buy, and if you haven't read all the stories yet... Yeah, yeah, you miss out on some of it, uh, some of the uh, the details. Anyway, um, so I got my last story done on Sunday and was busy downloading stuff, getting ready to read, and I was like, ah, oh, cruddy, I didn't do story time. So, sorry. I'm here to make up for it now. So, uh, this week, going to read another short story I wrote uh, since the Glimmer Veil book audiobook is taking a little longer than I thought it would, obviously. Uh, any day now. <laughs> or so. So it seems. Um, this one's called Starlight, Star Bright. I wrote it actually two years ago. Uh, it's a short little ditty. Um, hopefully you like it. Starlight, Star Bright by me. Starlight, Star Bright. First star I see tonight. Alberon shifted its massive bulk as the words came to it, and a small burp of a flare erupted from its southern hemisphere. The words were not sound. No sound could reach Alberon's consciousness through the void, but they were plain all the same, carried down one of the infinite photon pads that descent over the eons of his existence. I wish I weigh, I wish I might have the wish I wish tonight. We had heard of supplications such as this. Long ago, when its siblings first flickered to life in an otherwise cold dust cloud, an older entity passing near to their nursery on its orbital path reached out as it sensed their quiescent thoughts and offered guidance, including how to cope with such a plea should they receive one. But they believed that advice was merely jest. Oberon itself certainly never gave it much credence, and indeed by the time the rest of its siblings had drifted too far away to remain easily in contact, no one had reported ever receiving such a message. For a few moments, Alberon considered that it may have finally gone mad. That happened to entities, without a binary companion, unless they take steps to combat it, or so the older one had warned as it passed through. But no, the words definitely were coming from outside of Alberon itself. It was impossible that it made them up. There was a plaintive nature to the chant that piqued Alberon's curiosity. It had been many revolutions since something new had done that, not since the first sparking of new consciousness on two of Alberon's sister masses. If that had happened here, it was logical that consciousness should arise elsewhere on other entities' satellites. But Alberon had never encountered it before, so it turned its thoughts fully toward the photon pathway that brought the words. There was a warping in Alberon's perception as it merged its thoughts onto the photon pathway, a compression of time and space until Oberon could sense the entirety of the photon's travel as a single expression. It had not looked down the pathways for a very long time, 
The older one had warned against it, and Alberon had long ago learned the wisdom of that advice. The compressed perception limited Alberon painfully, making it lose touch with parts of its own body. The last time it had done this, it strayed in a pathway so long that it unknowingly ejected a coronal mass of such magnitude that it left Alberon weak for a quarter of a revolution until it reached the dust cloud in the shock front of a spiral arm and was able to replenish itself. Only blind geometric luck stopped the ejection from impacting its two inhabited satellites and possibly wiping out the immersion sentience there before they could finally take root. After that brush with the disaster, Alberon had set aside the pathways altogether and contented itself with tending its system, warming and protecting its satellites and watching as the sentience there grew and expanded. Till now. Now it looked along the length and breadth of the photon pathway and immediately found the source of the plea in a small clearing on a hillside on the third satellite of an entity that could have been Alberon's cousin. They were so similar. The creature was physically very different from the sentience that inhabited the fourth and fifth planets of Alberon's system, but it was clearly in distress. Its garments were torn and dirty and it seemed to be wounded. Fluid flowed from its eyes and down the sides of its head past its mouth. It crouched on the ground, looking up toward the sky with its mouth agape, lips trembling. The second creature, a bit larger than the first, stood a short distance away, peering through a gap between two large growths of vegetation. A fire a short distance past the stand of vegetation bathed the entire scene in an orange-red glow. Please bring my dad and brother back safe, said the smaller creature, and the voice was the same as the one that began the chant, which drew Alberon's attention. A series of loud popping noises in the direction of the larger in the distance made the larger creature jump slightly, then it turned, the long loose growths on its head swaying back and forth disconcertingly, and hurried to the smaller's side. It touched the small one with one of its forelimbs. They're coming, Heather. We have to go. The small creature made a snuffing sound, then pushed both itself to its feet. Both paused to sling bags over their forelimbs, and the larger hefted a long, straight cylinder, a weapon of some sort, Alberon supposed. Then they hurried out of the little clearing. Alberon pondered for a short while, considering. The concept of mother and father and of siblings was not foreign to it. The sentience of the two satellites had similar structures, though the two species varied greatly in how they accomplished their procreative activities. What was it that had dragged the other half of the bonding pair away? Alberon withdrew ever so slightly from the photon path, and the scene it was able to perceive widened, encompassing a land mass that jetted northward from the main continent a short while before bending west and then south until it pointed at the primary land mass once more. All across the peninsula, groups of sentients were advancing, some afoot and some in metallic vehicles, some in airborne craft. All possessed weapons similar to the one the larger sentient who accompanied Heather, Alberon presumed that was the Heather's mother, had carried. The sentients were drawn up in dividing lines seen from above and were discharging their weapons into each other. Cities and villages were aflame and Alberon could see that one group, with features similar to Heather and the other sentient, was retreating in earnest while the other side, obviously a different sub-race, advanced. At once, Alberon understood. It had seen this before. Long ago, on a fourth satellite in the system, the sentient species had gone to war with itself. The battles raged on through many of the satellite's revolutions until it appeared that one sub-breed of the species was about to be wiped out. Thankfully, the sentients on the fifth planet were different. They had started out warring against each other, but very early on one faction emerged triumphant. Unlike the species on the fourth planet, the fifth's winning element proved benevolent. Instead of destroying its rivals, the entire species came together in a single strong hole. 
They soon looked out past the borders of their little massive body and set up on the submasses that were satellites of their own home. A short while later, they moved out further and discovered the sentience on Alberon's fourth satellite. It was the good fortune of the sentience on that mass that the fifth sentience found them when they did. The fifth sentience arrived toward the end of what would have been a war of extermination. With their superior ships, weaponry, and numbers, the sentients from the fifth satellite were swiftly able to put an end to the fighting and preserve the lives of the remaining fourth sentients on both sides. For many hundreds of revolutions after that, Alberon's system remained at peace with the sentients from the fifth satellite expanding to the remaining bodies of the system and bringing their cousins from the fourth satellites along with them. They had since expanded beyond Alberon's system, and though it no longer had contact with those particular entities from the sh extensive shipping back and forth, from an ever-increasing number of external systems, Alberon presumed that those colonies were doing well. It withdrew from the photon pathway, linking itself with the alien world, and pondered for a time. The sentient heather was in need, and more than that, so was its entire species. They clearly were on the verge of eradicating a significant portion of their population. Were that to happen, the consequences could their species could be extreme. So how did their system's entity allow this to happen? Alberon was fool, not foolish, it knew it was not all-powerful, but it also recalled its own actions when the sentience from its first satellite set forth into the void. It exerted influence enough to halt a number of potentially catastrophic problems, at least long enough for their early ships to make it back home. But then when they set out to rescue the sentience of the fourth satellite, Alberon had made sure the wavelengths they used for communications were clear, and that their supply ships did not have to endure any untoward troubles during the transit. That had turned the tide and ensured the fifth satellite's success. So why had the entity in Heather's system not Alberon's train of thought stopped as the obvious answer sprang into its mind? The entity could not intervene because in its system, sentience only came into existence on one of its satellites, the third. That entity could not help, but perhaps Alberon could. It sent its thoughts back down the photon path, evaluating the distance involved. The sentience from its fifth satellite had journeyed this far before, they could make the trip again, but how to alert them to the problem? Alberon drew back up the path again more slowly this time and scanned about. Immediately it became clear that the alien world was transmitting a multitude of signals throughout the spectrum. Those signals would be detectable. But when it removed its thoughts from the photon path, Alberon realized its error. The distance was so great, even it could not detect those transmissions. The fifth satellite sentience surely would not be able to do so either. They already would have otherwise. Alberon paused, considering. When the fifth satellite invaded the fourth, Alberon had maintained the frequencies clear by lensing other emissions around the void between the planets. A simple trip that required manipulating a certain amount of Alberon's tremendous mass to warp the gravitational paths and magnetic envelope of the system to bend those emissions out of the way. Perhaps it could generate a similar effect further out. It would mean displacing a large amount of mass. Just the thought of doing that sent a feeling of cold seeping through its core. The loss of fuel would set Alberon back for many hundreds, perhaps thousands, of its satellite's revolutions until it once again reached a spiral arm shock front. Fortunately, its sentience would probably not notice any large effect. It would simply expand its outer layers to balance out the altered reaction rate in its core and keep its luminosity more or less constant until it could find more mass. Doing this was possible. Alberon could not follow the photon mass that it had been emitted by the alien world, only its own, but sending its thoughts down the path that followed before, it was able to locate several transmissions that appeared promising. 
It withdrew back to itself again and paused. This next would require delicate, controlled work. For a long time, Alberon labored. It would not do to make the change sudden. That would disrupt its own system too much. For several of its satellites' revolutions, it labored until finally, and with less difficulty than it initially thought necessary, the work was done. The transmissions from the alien world, bent and brightened by the lens, made, met the sensors of the fifth satellite's sentience. Almost immediately, Alberon noticed the transmission's effect. The chatter on the sentience frequency intensified, and over the next several revolutions, their masses and submasses, he saw a marked increase in activity, vessels under construction, security force training, new design and development, and more. And then finally, the sentience gathered what they had wrought, an armada of vessels crewed by thousands of fifth satellite sentients and their fourth satellite wards. Most of the vessels bristled with sensor clusters, communication systems, and weapons of every type. Others were mostly unarmed but carried untold numbers of sentients aboard. A mighty fleet for a grand mission. As the vessels departed its system on a trajectory for the third satellite of its cousin, Alberon allowed itself to experience contented pride. They could not help the sentient Heather. In the time it took the fleet to arrive, the sentient would likely already have terminated. But that would not keep the fifth satellite sentients from the rest of Heather's species. They would impose order and stop the slaughter and save these new sentients from themselves, just like they had done before on the fourth satellite. Yes, it was a good thing Alberon had done. Letting out a little flare and a rare display of prideful joy, Alberon turned its mind to some other photon pathways. Perhaps there were still other sentients out there that needed its help. All right, well, that's a classic case of somebody not really understanding what they're doing and the consequences of our actions. Um, I tried to be a little circumspect about it because the star Alberon wouldn't truly understand. But the fifth, fifth satellite sentients conquered the fourth satellite and basically made their their inhabitants slaves, All right? Wards, you know, whatever. Um, and then they spread out and they've been expanding their civilization. And now poor Alberon saw these poor people on this planet and said, "Oh, we got to help them." And, hey, look, my sentients are going off to help them. No, they're going to invade and conquer and <laughs> make them into slaves. Um, oopsie, from one perspective. That's the old, uh, I, I, I came across, came up with the concept, and it just struck me as a little ironic, you know, you know try to help, and sometimes you make things worse. And when you help. So anyway, I hope you like it. Uh, I'm move on here and get to other stuff I got to do today. I'll uh, be back at you again next week and with more stories, more story time. In the meantime, if you like what I'm doing, go by the website, say hi. Uh, go by the website store, buy some books, or to Amazon or the other places, buy books there. Uh, send some crypto, send some cash, become a Patreon sponsor, do whatever you want to do. Just basically spread the word and uh, come back next time. We'll talk again. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good one. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. That'll do it for this episode of Storytime with Michael Kingswood. Come by my website, michaelkingswood.com, for information about my work. There you can sign up for a newsletter where I tell about new releases and special promotions. Guaranteed to be spam-free. Or just drop me an email at michael at michaelkingswood.com, and I look forward to hearing from you. If you really like my stuff and feel like giving me a buck, 
drop by Patreon and sign up to be a patron. As always, if you like today's story, be sure to leave a review on your favorite online bookstore and share this podcast with all your friends. This production is copyrighted Michael Kingswood. Intro and outro music copyright Jean Paul Zogby, licensed through stockmusic.net. All rights reserved.